And then that's how the day started. So, Mark, how are you today? Uh, doing well. Well? Doing well. <laughs> Back one, from out of town. One of those days. One of those you know? days. You plan on being really productive, and then something breaks. And then and then it throws the whole day off. Throws a wrench. Throws a wrench. Throws a wrench into the equation. Is it a monkey that throws the wrench? I could use a monkey wrench. Mm-hmm. But, uh... No, doing doing well. Uh, good to be back. Was down in southern Illinois. Didn't have the best service, and I uh, I had a great time. Uh, I was hearing you had a great I time. You didn't tell us about it. I think most of Alton, Illinois, knows that I had a great time. So, <laughs> shouting it from the roof t- rooftops, were we? The rooftops, the roadsides, <laughs> you know, and the Airbnb. So, oh goodness, no, it was, uh, it was a very nice time. So, good. I'm glad you're back. Met some new folks, made some memories. You you don't know strangers. You you just meet new friends. Occasionally. <laughs> well, it's great to be back. And, it's know, great to be back. It's great to be back. Um, thank you for my sweater, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. Mark I, got me I, I a saw pretty awesome sweater. I saw that today and I thought of you. Well, I'll put a picture on tis Instagram. The, tis the season. <laughs> well, we have to put one of yours on, too. Well, yeah. Because your sweater's pretty rad. As we should. I uh, was kind of disappointed in the, not in the sweater game, but I feel like now they're too over-manufactured, so these sweatshirts are So they're not nice. ugly anymore. Yeah, they're now just they're just encouraged mainstream. too much, yeah. Mainstream sweaters. So I still like to look <laughs> summertime at garage sales and church rummage sales, because that's where all the originals You get the goodies. Oh, yeah. I think we have one upstairs that has bells mm-hmm. and presents attached to it. That's pretty delightful. That's how I figured out that um, women's clothing have buttons on the opposite side of men's yep. clothing. <laughs> Zippers, too. And I explained that to my wife sometime, and she had no idea what I was talking she about. She didn't know? No. Oh. So, and I didn't know either until I started, you know, the holiday sweater tradition. Oh, I figured she would have figured out with Little Man. Well, I mean, I think it was a little bit before that. More more so a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, I think well. I figured that out now. But, yeah, uh... Between that and, you know, women's jacket for costumes and, and things of that nature. <laughs> Making your own prince costume. The prince costume, yeah. Pretty little, fantastic. Little purple rain. So, What did you bring to drink today? Uh, so I brought uh, two different things from Seven Hills Brewery in Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, one is called Bubble Bobble. Which is pretty good. I one is called Bet. Bet. Mm-hmm. A crispy ale. And the other one is a sour ale brewed with... Blue raspberry, cotton candy, and bubble gum. That's why it's so sweet. Okay. It's delicious. That makes sense now. And uh, the reason, well, first I saw my first ever rap battle at this brewery randomly on a Thursday night. Oh. This past summer while I was doing some work out there. And then I also like that their uh, motto is unapologetically individualistic. I like it. So. I like it. Yeah. Even Neighbor Tom's a fan. Well, I brought him some stickers. Geez. If Pretty neighbor sh- Tom likes it, then everybody better like it. You know, if neighbor Amanda's listening, she already realizes that if neighbor Tom appreciates yep. it, well, then it's something. Shout out so. Amanda. Oh, hey, yeah, Amanda. What's going on? <laughs> Hope you're listening today. So what are you drinking? <sighs> what I'm always drinking. Uh, truly. Truly with truly bubbles. Truly or truly. Truly's got to have bubbles. That's all. You throw some Mio on that too? Well, yeah. Little squirt, I don't squirt. like how they taste by themselves, so I throw the Mio energy. Today is acai berry storm. Ooh. So. 
Yeah. Ooh. Makes it extra energy energetic. Sounds foreign. It sounds foreign. <laughs> sounds so exotic. Oh wow. I'm on a beach right now. I'm not in a basement, that's for sure. We're not in a dungeon, it's fine. Are you are you dissing my my pod dungeon? No. Okay. The uh it? the sound quality on a pod beach would be just too poor. <gasps> but it would be fantastic. I'll be in a beach in a couple more well, in one month now. So I'll be in a beach in a couple weeks. You will be, that's I'll right. Be. Oh man. You wanna borrow this sweatshirt? I might have to borrow your Mickey Mouse Christmas sweater. Uh, you probably should. <laughs> I tried sending uh well, I have a sweater as well. Yeah. The sweater sweater? The Mickey sweater? Yeah. Yeah. I know which one you're talking I about. I can send you with the Pluto hat. I've never <laughs> even been to Disney. I just have all the stuff you for have when all I... all the Disney paraphernalia. Just, You've just never been. Someday I'll make it. Probably not. There's other places to go. But yeah. someday I'll just have a tire for the entire week. I'll just have the entire collection and then you won't have to worry about what to pack. Just be set. Yep. It'll be perfect. Do I want Mickey or Mickey? Mickey... Hmm. Yeah, Mickey. Mickey, yeah. Always go Mickey. Two options for the day. Never go full Mickey. No. <laughs> and if you do go full Mickey, make sure you do it in Disney. Make sure you're at Disney when you go <laughs> full Mickey. Make sure the make make sure that the, the pants match the top. <laughs> you can always tell when I dress Felix because it'll be like some kind of Mickey pants for his pajamas and then probably not. <laughs> Just some random top. The matching. It's yeah. still Mickey, but just probably not the same Mickey. You know? <laughs> That's okay. But, Fia's wearing two different kind of uh, horses and unicorns for pajamas tonight. So, unicorn on the top, my little pony on the bottom. So, I just had this discussion with uh, Sam the other day, and I just, I mean, I, I just figured that unicorns could have wings as well. No. But then it would be Pegasus. Pegasus, right? But I feel like in the whole magical I think unicorn, they call them um, My Little Pony, because there's more than one. There's more than one. And I was getting very confused because Thea kept telling me, these have wings and this doesn't. This one doesn't belong here. Like, whoa. Well, it does. It just belongs on the ground. Way to be non-inclusive. Jerk. Trotting around probably with some kind of a, a rainbow mane. <laughs> it probably has better magic than the ones with wings it anyway. It probably does. So there. You see what those things can do with a horn? <laughs> <laughs> Impaled. I like it. That's awesome. So, Mark, what are you listening to? Uh, I have been listening to a walkie-talkie all a walkie, week. A talkie-talkie? A talkie-talkie. <laughs> so we're doing some work along a bike path that we're not allowed to close down, and we're running some equipment that you need at least 300 feet of clearance on. Okay. So. Okay. Four walkie-talkies, so and uh, you work for about ten minutes, and then you're down for about ten minutes really? or five. Yeah, it's oh, it's something. So, unfortunately, I was really hoping to catch up on some podcasts, yeah. maybe some Christmas music, some chipmunks, <laughs> some chipmunks Christmas music, some, some holiday music. I love it. Remember the reason for the season, and it's this podcast. And it's paganism. Wait a minute. And it's this podcast. <laughs> it's this. So thanks for tuning right in. We're being super annoying. And what are you listening? It's the full moon. You already <laughs> it said it. It is the full moon. I already, I already told you. The kids were acting up. Didn't want to go to sleep. And it's because of the full moon. I know it is. We haven't seen each other for like two weeks. I know. That's the problem. Weird. That's the problem. 
Makes for better banter. Yeah. You know? Longer banter. Sorry, guys. I'm but not. we have short stories today, so that kind of they makes up short, for it. Yeah, they are short stories. So, but anyway, we'll see, I, how, we'll see how I end up with this one. You know? Yeah, I end up listening to the same podcast as always. So Morbid. Yeah, that was today. Morbid obituary. 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 Mm. Yeah, with uh, Madison and Spencer. They're fun. I have to listen to that one. I was listening to it in the line waiting to pick Thea from dance today. You start laughing. <laughs> I was laughing so hard and like all the moms you could see, like when you when they get out to go get the kids, like my stereo so loud you can hear it outside. And one of the moms like turned and looked at me and I was like, Oh god, like did she just hear that? Because Madison's like, Fuck that shit and I'm like, Whoa Here we go. <laughs> I'm like, Great. Like these moms are gonna be like, um, don't talk to that person's child. <laughs> do you hear what she said in dance class? Did you hear what she just said? Do you hear the shit coming out of those speakers? Yeah, well. <laughs> and then I put my, my AirPod in and then it was fine. But, yeah. Because I didn't want Thea hearing it in the car, so. Because she already repeats too many bad words as it is. Understandable. Don't know where she gets that from. <clears throat> it's like the first uh, time that I stubbed my toe and I said, God damn it. And then Felix uh, purposely stubbed his toe. <laughs> and then... Just so he could say, God damn it. Well, yeah. He's got to make sure he uses it in the correct <clears throat> context. So, A for I'm that I'm very one. proud of my I, nephew. Well, I'm proud of him, too. Very proud of him. <laughs> I had nipped that in the bud, luckily. Yeah. Now it's more of a gosh darn it. Good old Midwestern. Gosh darn it and poop. Yep. Gosh darn it. Oma's really good at getting the poop slid in there. Or an ope. Ope. Good old Midwestern ope. I love his ope. Yep. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I guess uh, we should probably get into it. What do you think? We probably should. All right. Here goes. My story today is Dr. Crippen. Sources the historypress.co.uk. In 1893, Holly Harvey Crippen married a second wife, Cora Turner, in Jersey City, America. Not New Jersey? I think it's old Jersey. All right. Seven years later, in 1900, they moved to London. That's a little bit of a, oh, a change. 1900. 1900. Let's go back to London. Ooh. He was employed as representative for Munion's Remedies, a company making homeopathic remedies, while Cora, using the name Belle Elmore, had aspirations to be a music hall artist. Unfortunately, <laughs> Belle had no talent whatsoever. Oh, poor Belle. I, I feel you, <laughs> Belle. That's why I do not sing karaoke. That's why we have faces for podcasting. Exactly. Yes. And the voice only my mother loves. <laughs> Hi, Mom. And my and my wife. Hey, babe. In fact, neither Belle nor Coro was the real name of Mrs. Crippen. She had been born Kunigundi Makamatsky and was the daughter of a Russian-Polish father and a German mother. That's why it sounds so weird. There you go. And if I pronounce it incorrectly, well, please let me know how it's pronounced. Apologies. I put it through two different translators, and that's what I came up with. She was also the most overbearing and dominant character. Her long-suffering husband supported her her ambitions to be first an opera singer, and when that didn't work out, a singer in the music hall, but when she had very little success... Oh. All she did was manage to get, or all she managed to get out of her career was a few show business friends and the position of treasurer of the Music Hall Ladies Guild in London. 
her long-suffering husband. You know, here's oh. what we're going to do. You can't sing, but you can be the treasurer. Hopefully she's better <laughs> with money than her voice. I hope so. In September 1905, Dr. Crippen took his wife, or and his wife took Elise, on 39 Hill Drop Crescent in Holloway. Part of the thinking behind this move was that the pair could now have separate bedrooms. Woohoo! Ooh, that's that's a sign <laughs> of they success. Were that's a sign of a successful marriage. You know what? We should have separate bedrooms. No, thank you. Bella had never really been a sexual person, and according to what Crippen would say later, all physical relations between them had ceased in 1907. Crippen, meanwhile. Had fallen in love. Blue balls. <laughs> you know what? That poor guy. We should we should just move in here so we have two bedrooms. You know. Can't you make one into an office? So I can probably tell you if she had no musical talent, she probably was not a screamer. No, so. probably not. At least not on key. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys. The object of his desire. <laughs> the object of his desire was Ethel. Leneve. Yeah. Yeah, Leneve. A typist who worked for him. Uh-oh. Good with her hands, good with her fingers. At about the same time that Crippen stopped having sex with Belle, he and Ethel became lovers. This situation continued until 1910. So three years. Three years. Mm. Probably three magical years. She's got the magic hands. The magic fingers. Oh. On the evening of Monday, January 31st, 1910... The Crippens threw a dinner party for two close friends of Bell's, Paul and Clara Martinetti. The meal passed pleasantly enough, except for one incident. Paul Martinetti asked to use the toilet, and because Crippen didn't escort him upstairs to show him where it was, Bell berated him. By the time that the uh, Martinettis finally left, it was around 1 a.m. on Monday, February 1st. It would be the last time that anyone saw Belle Elmore alive. Well, yeah, quit criticizing. Jeez. Just really sticking it to He her. needed to be escorted to the bathroom. Uh, by the way, here's where the bathroom is. And if you'd like me to wipe your butt, here's the toilet paper. <laughs> that's that's. I'm a solid host. You know, I'm a, I'm a little old-fashioned myself. Uh, so when I come to the bathroom and knock on the door and be like, do you need help wiping? It's totally 1900s of me. Or it's just with not, a toddler. Not creepy at all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. How old are you in there? <laughs> Three? No? Okay. <laughs> How old are you? <clears throat> Over the next week or so, people began, uh, began to ask where Belle was. Crippen said that she had gone to America. So she had gone back. Ah, on vacation. To, probably to Jersey City. As the days passed, uh, this story was amended and now she had fallen ill. Finally, Crippen told people that his wife had passed away. There's one way to get rid of her. There was, however, one problem with this. Uh, Ethel Laneve had started wearing some of Belle's jewelry, and by the end of February, she moved in with Crippen at Hilltop Crescent. You know, that's mm -hmm. not suspicious at all. Well, look at this. Uh, friends grew suspicious in, yeah. in due course. Those suspicions were passed on to police. As they should be. <laughs> She just, she went on vacation, but then she got sick and died. And then she died. I mean, I feel like I was... But, like, it was rough. It, it's and, feasible. And I miss her, but here's my new, yeah. my new lover I'm, that just I'm moved so in. I'm so sad. Who's wearing that necklace. Wear my wife's jewelry. So the question is, what kind of necklace was it? <laughs> A pearl necklace, maybe? Potentially. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I didn't want to say anything, but I, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm here that's for. That's what I was starting. That's what I was starting. <laughs> that's, that's what, what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I was starting. Just that's what I'm here for. Hey, I appreciate it. The pitch, <laughs> home run. On 8 July, Chief Inspector Walter Dew. That's a cool name. It is Walter Dew. Called it Hilltop Crescent, where he found Ethel alone. Crippen, it seemed, was at work, so Dew visited him there, and the two returned together to Hilltop Crescent, where Crippen happily showed the officer around the house. He also told Dew a different story. Bell left him for another man. Almost certainly Bruce Miller, an American she had met in late 1903. Dew told Crippen that it would be better if Bell contacted him uh, to confirm the story, and Crippen said he would place an advertisement in certain newspapers asking her to make contact. Man, I miss not, uh, I not mi- having cell phones. I miss the days where, like, you know what? Let me just put an ad in this newspaper. You I'm, know? I'm missing you like, my kerchief. Let me uh, announce it to the world through the newspaper. If you like pina coladas, I'm probably being dead in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting killed in the kitchen. I've got a new lover. <laughs> so you got to go, bitch. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> Things now move very quickly. Uh, the next day... Uh, 9 July, Crippen shaved off his distinctive mustache. Mustache. I'll probably might do, I might do that eventually. Oh, that'd be creepy. I know. I'm 10 years younger. <laughs> and with Ethel Leneve, disguised as a boy, traveled to Brussels, where they bought tickets for passage to Canada, traveled on to Antwerp, and there boarded the SS Montrose, traveling as father and son. That's not suspicious. Mm. Not we'll find all. out if it was suspicious. <laughs> At about the same time, Chief Inspector Dew returned to Hilltop Crescent. He was surprised to find Crippen and Ethel missing and decided to make another routine search of the house. In the cellar, he noticed some loose bricks in the floor. Mm. Officers were ordered to make a more thorough search, and beneath those bricks, they found the remains of a body. The body was headless, limbless, and boneless. Boneless? A little more than pieces of flesh, but it was female, and it was time to find Crippen. Boneless like wings. Boneless like wings. Like you could order her boneless. I wonder if she was extra crispy. (laughs) What sauce would you get? I I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Buffalo. Buffalo. I might go with teriyaki. I feel like buffalo is the only thing around probably in the 1900s. They probably had a good honey mustard. They didn't have the wings they have of today. True. Uh, Aboard the Montrose, the father and son were watched with interest. They seemed to be... Unduly affectionate and were constantly holding hands. <laughs> I love this boy so much. He's my whole world. Added to that, the boy's clothing seemed very ill-fitting. Uh, Captain Kendall had his suspicions and telegraphed a message to the Scotland Yard. Do now determine to intercept the father and son, quote-unquote. <clears throat> boarded a faster ship, the SS Lauren... Lauren. Yeah. Laurentic? Laurentic, yeah. Laurentic. Lunatic? Lunatic. And the hunt was on. The game is afoot. <laughs> the game is afoot. <laughs> on Sunday uh, on Sunday, 31 July, Dew and the officers boarded the Montrose as it sailed up the St. Lawrence. The father and son were identified as Crippen and Ethel. Both were arrested and after three weeks were escorted back to England to face trial. It was decided that the pair should not be tried together. Crippen would face his trial first, and once the verdict had been determined, Ethel Leneve would take her turn in the dock. 
to be tried as an accessory. So it was on 18 October, Crippen stood alone on the dock at the Old Bailey before the Lord Chief Justice of England, Lord Alverstone. The proceedings would last until... 22 October. I feel like I wish, like, instead of, like, now being like, oh, you are you have to go to DeKalb County Courthouse, it'd be like, you're going to stand on the docks of Old Bailey in Fort of Lord <laughs> Chief Justice, you know. Alverstone. Uh, you got to watch out for Alverstone. He's just, a hard man. Just wonderful. Instead of, like, Judge Taylor's Lord Alverstone. Judge Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not Judge Judy, but Lord Alverstone has a nice ring to it. Uh, yeah, it does. He'd have a good TV show. <laughs> Sorry. Sponsored by Bailey's. Crippen's <laughs> uh, defense was simple. The body found in the cellar of his home was not Bell's. The body must have been some poor unknown woman and been placed there before he and Bell had moved in. Right. It was therefore crucial that the prosecution to prove the body was Bell's. I hope she had tattoos. Or something. <laughs> I mean, couldn't tell by her voice at that time, but if it was still horrible, then it's probably <laughs> Like her. these vocal cords are terrible. <laughs> She couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but we can carry her in a bucket now. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, boneless. Dun, 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 bon- <laughs> Real spineless lady, but... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely spineless. Like what? I don't know. We'll get to that after the story. All right. One piece of the flesh found in the shallow grave had borne a scar, and medical records shown that Belle had had such a scar on her lower abdomen. More conclusive was the fact that the remains had been wrapped in a pajama jacket, and the tag inside the jacket led to the manufacturer's Jones Brothers. They confirmed that this particular cloth and pattern was not issued until late eight, or 1908, proving that the body must have been placed there after that date. This and the scar was consistent with the body being that of Belle Elmore. Medical tests had shown that the flesh contained traces of hyacinth mm-hmm. poison, and it was... That Cri- er, and it was known that Crippen had purchased five grams of that substance on 17 January, two weeks before Bell had vanished. Weird. Hmm. I just need five grams of this poison. Just, just enough. It was enough for the jury, who just, or who took just under 30 minutes to find Crippen guilty of his wife's murder. You don't say. What? What gave that one away? <laughs> on 25 October, Ethel Neve was put on trial as an accessory to murder and uh, found not guilty. A subsequent appeal on, on the behalf of Crippen was dismissed, and he was sentenced to death, or his death sentence was confirmed. On Wednesday, 23 November 1910, <clears throat> 48-year-old Crippen was hanged at Pentonville by John Ellis and William El- or William Willis. <laughs> That's a fun name. William Willis. Will Willis. Crippen's last request had been um, for a photograph of Ethel and some of the letters and some of her letters to be buried with him in his unmarked grave. That request was granted. Out of sight, no. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, guess what? You get photographs of Belle. Bye. And all her pieces buried and, with you. And two bones. <laughs> the only two bones that yeah. were left. And then you, you get, get the flesh scattered on You get Belle bone in. <laughs> we're going to sprinkle it. Yeah. Sprinkle uh, the Belle flesh on top of you. Now when I have boneless wings next, I'm just going to think of this story. Boneless Belle. And... I'm telling you. You want to order some bonus bells later? All these, all these wings are named <laughs> Bell now. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Wild, wild story. I like it. What were you gonna say before? Good find. I don't remember now. That's okay. Something horrible, I'm sure. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. 
Thank you, Mark, for that story. I am more than welcome. I wonder what he was a doctor of. I didn't see what that what that was. It'd be interesting. I have a story for you, and it's about a deranged nurse. Mm. Maybe he was a doctor of love. <laughs> uh, undoubtedly, that's not what it was. Wasn't a doctor of disguise, <laughs> that's for sure. So. He was not a master of disguise. Though. Let me just let me just shave this mustache and hold my <laughs> lover boy's hand. Yeah. Oh, lover boy! Oh, come here, lover boy! <laughs> my story is about the angel of death, Oof. Kristen Gilbert. My sources were um, FilmDaily.co and also Wikipedia. And there was another one, and I can't remember it right now. But I didn't end up using it. I read about it, though. So, people knew that something wasn't right with Kristen Strickland when she hit her teenage years. All teenagers. Am I right? You said about all, yeah. <laughs> the elder of the two Strickland daughters, Kristen's parents were an electronics executive and a part-time teacher slash homemaker. The family lived in a well-to-do suburb in Massachusetts. Kristen was a gifted student and a member of the math club. Well, there it is. So That's what's wrong with her. So I assume math the story club. was not from the 1900s. No, mine's <laughs> a little bit more recent. Sorry. Underneath the good student facade, however, was something else. Reportedly, Kristen was a habitual liar and would fake suicide attempts in order to manipulate people. Well, that sounds Whoa. like a pleasant person to be around. Surprise, still here. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Uh, <laughs> Didn't work. Uh, no. This would continue throughout her college years where she attended Bridgewater State College. Court records said that Gilbert would, Gilbert would make violent threats against others. That's, that's how you make friends in college. That's, I was going to say, that's sounds exactly who you like want to be around. Great idea. Following a fake suicide attempt, the college thought Kristen should seek psychiatric treatment. Mm -hmm. Kristen, however, transferred to Mount Wachusett Community College, followed by Greenfield Community College, where she completed her nursing degree. Isn't that terrifying? Yeah. Yeah. That is. Reportedly, while working as a home health aide, Kristen purposefully scalded a mentally handicapped child that was under her care. She sounds pleasant. Jesus. Yeah. Murray and Joseph. In 1988, Kristen received her nursing degree and married Glenn Gilbert. The couple would later have two children together. Kristen also began her nursing career at the Northampton Veterans Affairs Medical Center. It was a picture-perfect life, despite the troubles that plagued Kristen early in her life. Or was, was it? it? Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. Following a switch to the night shift at the VA Medical Center, Kristen started a flirtatious relationship with Army vet and night security officer James Peralt. This flirtation would quickly turn into a full-blown affair between the two. That, however, wasn't the only drama brewing at the medical center, though. Because, of course not. Not with nurses. Not with Kristen around. Kristen's co-workers were noticing a string of bad luck for the nurse, who was on duty for some of the hospital's most distressing medical events. Ooh. Due to being on shift for so many codes, her colleagues jokingly nicknamed Kristen the Angel of Death. They didn't know how right they were. Oh, no. Yeah. And what's worse is that a veteran's house. I mean, I'm not saying it makes it any any better or worse, but like then you take people that have already been through so much, and then they're like, oh, by the way, here's this. Okay, I'm going to trust this nurse right here's, quick. Here's this crazy. Mm-hmm. Over a seven-year span, it's estimated that Kristen Gilbert was on duty for half of her ward's 350 deaths. 
Mm. It was way, way too much to be a coincidence. Later, it was suspected that Kristen, wanting to impress her boyfriend, began to manufacture scenarios where she saved lives. Others, however, thought that Kristen just liked the attention that came with saving a life. Her true motives remained unknown. Meanwhile, things at the Gilbert home weren't going well either. The marriage was on the rocks with Kristen poisoning Glenn's food (laughs) and later trying to possibly kill him in a civilian hospital where he was being treated. Glenn survived the incident and Kristen left him and the children shortly after for James Peralt. I hope he was worth it. Things began to (laughs) unravel for Kristen Gilbert in the mid-90s following the suspicions of nurses as to the frequency of deaths while Kristen was on shift. Evidence also started to pile up. Stanley J. Jakowski, I'm probably saying that wrong, was admitted for a post-operative bowel instruction and only required oral medication. An on-duty nurse saw Kristen enter the room with a syringe in her hand, and Jakowski later died that night. I know I'm not saying that right. Jeez. Whew. Patients were refusing to go into Kristen Gilbert's ward. Really? I don't see why. Girls of 10. Oh, you guys sure uh, you don't want to go see the angel of death? Really <laughs> nice nurse. Yeah. <laughs> Give me Abby. Just take me to Abby. I wonder if, <laughs> instead of writing her name, just AOD. Yeah. Yeah. She just signs all of her charts, mm-hmm. AOD. Terrified that they were never going to make it out alive, and some didn't. In February 1996, the nurses filed a formal inquiry against Kristen Gilbert. The listed two deaths, along with a decrease in epinephrine as cause for their concern. Kristen quit her job then and was unraveling. She was hospitalized for a suicide attempt where she allegedly confessed to Peralt saying, I did it. I did it. You wanted to know I killed those guys by injection. Peralt went to the authorities and in an attempt to throw off the investigation, Kristen called in a bomb threat to derail the investigation. (laughs) I told you she is dramatic. Crazy. yeah. Drama. It didn't work. (laughs) Out of the many, many deaths that Kristen attended, she was charged with four. Only four. Four. Henry Hudson, Hudden, Kenneth Cutting, Edward Squira, and Stanley Jagodowski. There, I said it right. No, the, uh, the oral medication only. Yeah. 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 In 2001, Ooh. Kristen Gilbert was found guilty on three counts of first-degree murder one count of second-degree murder, and two counts of attempted murder by a federal jury. The jury recommended life imprisonment without the possibility of parole as the death penalty was unfortunately not available in Massachusetts. As her crimes take place on federal land, however, Kristen Gilbert was eligible for the federal death penalty. Hmm. Gilbert escaped death by lethal injection, which would have been an ironic end to her life. She's currently serving her sentence at the Federal Medical Center in Fort Worth, Texas. You can write your letters to Kristen Gilbert, care of. <laughs> yeah, Fort Worth, Texas. Isn't the death penalty still a thing in Texas? It is. But that's not where she was tried. Oh. That's just where she was sent well, to jail. Moved her. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's still here. You think, since she is doing this all to like also veterans, wouldn't that be like an act of terrorism? I feel like it would be an act of domestic terrorism. Right, so they could have got her on that. quantified as that. Yeah. But well, what that's... do I know? I'm not a lawyer. I'm going to stay <laughs> out of the, the hospital now. And, like, the whole thing with you trust your nurse. And your doctor. And, and your doctor. And Crippen. your doctor, yeah. Well, he didn't kill any patients that we know of. 
Old Crippen and Kirsten. <laughs> Crippen and Kristen. Kristen. Oy. Oh, jeez. Well, so that was mine. Wow, thanks. <laughs> You're thanks welcome. Thanks for that. I definitely want to get a checkup now. I, I definitely know you didn't enjoy it. So let's let's keep some. What happened to just naughty nurses? Like I mean, yeah. she is naughty, but it not like in, not, the right not in a good way. Yeah. She was naughty evil. That was uh, <laughs> heebie-jeebies. Yeah, heebie-jeebies. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to Champagne and Murder. Please, we really do appreciate you guys listening. And if you really, really like us, or just a little like us, even, go ahead and... Uh, Give us a like and potentially five stars. That's what I would do. And tell your friends. And tell your friends. And neighbors and co-workers. (laughs) People you don't like. Random people you pass in a car on the street. Just shout it. Shout it from the rooftops. Or Shout it open. from the car window. Doesn't yeah. matter. Or out of the top of a sunroof. We appreciate all of it. Now, if you did it from a mountaintop, though. I don't know who'd hear you. And I'd be okay with that, though. Because I, mean, I would hear you. In my heart. I was going to say, in my heart. In I my hear heart. You. In my heart. So, if you guys want to get a hold of us, our email is champagneandmurderplease at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook. We have a page and a group. If you guys would like to join at Champagne and Murder, please. And we are also on Instagram at Champagne and Murder, please. And we are going to put up pictures of our awesome Christmas sweaters. So look forward to that. And stay safe. And don't take candy from from strangers. strangers. Goodbye. Toodaloo.